0: Hello and welcome to the Who Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday afternoon. Joining me from Naples, Florida, is front office insider Bobby Marks. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Brian. How are you? Good. I'm actually at the Footprint Center. It's a couple hours before game five here. I'm in the visiting media interview room, so Ty Lu will be sitting here in a few hours. Absolutely not interested in answering questions about Kawhi and Paul George's health. (laughs) Uh, And I understand. (laughs) So um, anyway, uh, joining us from Oakland, California, where he just flew cross country. He was courtside last night for the Heat uh, Bucks game in one of the games that I suspect you might remember for a while, Anscapes, Mark J. Spears.
1: What's happening, man? I'm fresh. I got three hours of sleep.
0: (laughs) What time did your flight leave Miami?
1: You'd be proud of me.
0: I am proud. That's how we roll. Yeah, that's how we roll. I, if
2: I would have well, known you was he were in Miami, I would have sent a car for you. You could have driven across Alligator Alley after the game. We could have breakfast this morning in Naples
1: It would have been at 3 a.m. <laughs> <left at 6. laughs> but like, Bobby, I think of you like Central Florida. I don't think of you as like South Florida. I'm bad with Florida geography. So Dr. I Jack
2: know. used to make that trip all the time. That's right. I was
1: looking for somebody to to get a beverage with Sunday night too, man. I would have loved to have done that with you. My bad. No, I know.
2: I mean,
0: Bobby's a very uh, jovial guy, very smart, learned a lot. I don't know if it's worth driving across alligator alleys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can just, you know, you can both have, you can both enjoy. Oh, uh, oh man, your, that is
2: a long ride. It's not a long ride. You're just counting mile markers. Oh man,
0: and it's I've dark. It. <laughs> yeah. it is dark. I've done it at night too. Uh, all right, so Spears. What a game for you to be at, man. What a game. Um, hugely consequential. But I'm just going to ask you what it was like to be in there for that.
1: I mean, Brian, it reminded me of those heat games we were going to 10 years ago. It reminded yeah. me of those heat games we were going to like 15, 20 years ago. It was, it was absolutely electric in there. And I really thought when the Bucks came out in the fourth quarter and nailed that three-pointer, it was over. In fact, I was sitting next to the legend, Tom Joyner, who I'm doing an Anscape story on. Name and, drop. Uh, and also Jamal Mashburn and his wife. And I was like, game's over after that three-pointer. And Jamal Mashburn's wife turned to me and goes, if you're going to be negative and you need to leave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, my bad. I'm a... But them dudes came back. I mean, even with six minutes left, over were they they were down a hefty portion, but you know Martin was great. Like people talked about Jimmy in that fourth quarter, I thought Martin was amazing too, and it was just like uh, uh, the Bucks just looked so dominant, and then all of a sudden they just like ran out of juice, ran out of gas, and and, and Jimmy just was like, I thought that uh, that. It, performance i saw from him in the bubble would be the best jimmy performance that i would ever see uh when he just like ran out of gas at the end that famous photo but this was this top that i mean to to break to have the greatest heat performance record ever in the playoffs that's saying a lot that's one of the greatest playoff performances ever and and to have that seat and to hear that crowd and emotion and man it was it was as Special. It's probably the most special individual performance that I've seen covering this league for you know 24 years, and, and that's that's saying a lot. I've seen a lot of special nights, but um, if he doesn't put the team on his back, they don't win, and that's what he did.
0: So we talked about this a little bit before we came on here about what else is up there from what you've seen. Uh, I think you and I might, might previously have had the same number one, but yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth.
1: Yeah, no, uh, the number one greatest playoff performance I ever saw. It just always comes to my mind when I think about it, Brian. We were were both at the game, May 18, 2008, game seven between the Cleveland Cavaliers and and the Boston Celtics, who would end up being champions, and they had that. It reminded me of that Dominique versus Bird duel, but this time it was LeBron and, and Paul Pierce, and LeBron put 45, game high 45. It was incredible. I, I wonder, I don't know if that was a game where he dunked on KG. No, that
0: was in Cleveland that game. Yeah. No, that um, was Kevin Harlan's No Regard for Human Life. Yeah. That was that yeah. Dunk. yeah.
1: But that that to me was LeBron at his best. And his, he's, he's still doing amazing things. But that to me was when he was uh, probably the most intimidating as a player, uh, was in that series. He had 45. Paul Pierce dropped 41 in a 97 to 92 barnburn <laughs> i know like they didn't even reach 100 points but that the intensity of that game is the amazing duel between those guys and i mean lebron couldn't get over the finish line but i i just remember how just boston was just so good defensively and he was just so ferocious in that game and until jimmy butler's night uh that would have been
0: my number one well Two games in that building. One was that game. Actually, three games in that building, three games in the TD Garden would rank in my top three that I've seen in person. One was that game. And by the way, I want, don't hold me this exact, but I want to say about two minutes left Celtics by two. Cavs had the ball. LeBron took a three from the left wing. And back then we sat on the baseline right next to the Celtics bench, if you remember. Great scene. So the, and so the ball. It was right in front of us, and I was watching the ball come. I had a perfect angle on it, and I swear I thought it was in to put the Cavs up one, and it just hit the side of the rim. Um, So he almost scored even more. Then game uh, six, uh, 2012, heater down 3-2. LeBron in that building scores 17 in the first quarter or something like that, and on his way to the 46 points, I think it was. Um, a vitally important game in his career because he hadn't won yet. Yeah. And if they lost that game, which was on the road, you know, in a place where he had not been able to avoid elimination several times, he would played several eliminations in games in Boston against that team and lost. If he had lost that game, then he's out um, for two years in a row in Miami. You know, this has been discussed ad nauseum, but Chris Bosh probably gets traded, et cetera. Instead he wins and then the heat win game seven. And then t- we take the uh, cup finals in five. And then last year, and I'll put this right up there, Jimmy Butler, game six, Eastern Conference Finals, I believe he had 46 um, on a bad knee. Like, you know, he got hurt, like, in game two of that series. And, like, games three, four, five, he could barely move. Like, he was dragging that leg up. We thought it was over. The effort that he put forth in that game was unbelievable. Like, that was jaw-dropping. I don't remember all of his stats, but he made a bunch of defensive plays. To me, I remember writing that night. There's a, there's a hallway, championship alley that runs from the Heat, when the Heat come off the court, from the Heat bench all the way back yeah. to their locker room. And there's life-size, wall-size photos of these great moments in Heat history. There's a photo of LeBron that night in 2012. There's a photo of Udonis Haslam bleeding you know, in a playoff game. Um, and I remember saying they got to make room on that wall for Jimmy Butler for this game because that was that, much of a performance and so having now that was a game that i witnessed and these are games i witnessed in person yeah. this one i didn't obviously i was here in phoenix yeah. um uh i gotta say that it was funny spears right after i right after i left um my hotel room i watched the game in my hotel room both games last night then the lakers grizzlies game and as i was leaving my hotel room i was going out to uh meet up with somebody because it wasn't that late here and I ran into the referees, The referees for tonight's game, had just watched those two games and were just, <laughs> like, so jacked up about – I mean, I don't think I'm talking out of school. They were just really yeah. jacked up about how great the games were. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of cool, you know. Like, we were on the off night, and everybody was watching it. Um, let, me, anyway, let me add but, this, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, the moment that stood out to me last night was – What's that video game where they're like, he's on fire. You know what I mean? Uh, NBA <laughs> Jam. Yeah. yeah. It was like Jimmy was in like <laughs> NBA Jam, man. And he's well, torching Drew Holiday. Like, you know how good a defender Drew Holiday is? It's the best. He goes, he's screaming, he can't guard me. He can't guard me. I'm like, damn. He that can guard like you,
0: a, but just not right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm like. For for him to be on fire like that, where like Drew couldn't even say nothing. Drew just right. It was like an end-one play, he just hey man.
0: So Bobby, do you do? they you know the thing about Mike Budenholzer is that he has been known in the past to be resistant to changing his defensive strategy. Um Sort of famously, in, when he had that 60 win Hawks team when he was coaching in Atlanta, they played the Cavs in the conference finals, and the Cavs like set every record in the book for three point shooting, and he just refused to change his defense. And that happened last night again. They, he, I mean, I, the Heat have shot in these first four games. There's some historic numbers about how good they're shooting from three-point range. So when you're double-teaming Jimmy Butler, you are running a risk. But at some point, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you know that game in in San Francisco a couple nights ago. Draymond Green was like, "Look, <laughs> we are not letting Dr- uh, De'Aaron Fox beat us on that elbow jumper." So if if Harris, Harrison Barnes or somebody else is gonna hit it, he was gonna hit it. But we are not letting. Uh, Fox do it. And uh, I respected Draymond for saying that. And I, and I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't make someone else do it, uh, Bobby, because Jimmy was awesome, but the, but the bucks were kind of, a they kind of bleeped around and found out to use the parlance of our times.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he, he was, I mean, the Milwaukee for a team that's won a championship and basically has the same parts out there. I mean, their, their offense went out the window, right? I mean, it was like, it was like a team who had basically the Butler, play and the crowd basically threw them off kilter here and they didn't adjust, you know, I think um, they didn't get the ball out of, um, out of Jimmy's hands. Uh, you could have made the argument. You do put Giannis on him. Right. I mean, like, do you, do you kind of, you make that argument there? Um, I didn't like, I didn't like Giannis bringing the ball up at the end. Like that to me, like, you know, I would have been, I would have been comfortable with Drew Holiday doing it. Um, so it's it's funny for a Heat team that was was basically eight minutes away from being eliminated in a playing game against Chicago, and was one of the poor three point shooting teams this league. Although they had a good month of March, um, what they were able to do, um, you know, in these wins against Milwaukee, whether been you know basically they've they've dusted Duncan Robinson off, um, what they've gotten, you know certainly Butler, Lowry, Cale Martin. I mean, it's Um, it's incredible to be in a position here. And I I would say this, I I was in Brooklyn in 2013, when we went down three, one to Chicago. And I was talking with Mark and we were talking about like the greatest performances and that game four was a Nate Robinson game when he went off and we lost in triple overtime. Yes. And, I, when people say, well, can teams come back from 3-1? Yes, they can. I mean, we came back and even the series. We stole a game six in Chicago and came home for game seven. But the problem is we had exerted so much energy to come back from 3-1 that there was nothing left in the tank. So can Milwaukee come back? Yes, they can. Um, but, man, they're going to have to. But Miami's not going into Milwaukee laying down. Like, if there's a chance to eliminate them in Milwaukee and not rely on coming at home, um, they're going to do it. Especially because you just don't know how Giannis's back is
0: going to be. Like, he played – he looked okay to me, but the thing with the injured back is you can't really tell. Um, and, you know, I think it was worrisome that last night after the game he didn't talk to the media, yeah. which leads me to believe that he was getting some serious treatment. Giannis always talked to the media, always, yeah. even when he doesn't want to. You know he's generally good natured about it. And Giannis isn't a guy who ducks, who's afraid of who's afraid of like tough questions or whatever. So that was worrisome to me that Giannis didn't speak to the media. And not only that, they didn't announce that Giannis wasn't speaking to the media until over an hour after the game. Again, this is not normal situation. So it makes it makes me worry about his back. Um, and you know, the, the heat, they're a play as you mentioned, Bobby, they're a playing team. Now look. I don't want to compare the heat or the Lakers to the Mavericks because the Mavericks were in a free fall. Um, whereas the Lakers have been playing very strongly And the heat, you know, certainly had belief in their exp- in their experience and they were getting healthier. But like, if you want to know the, why there's a reason why teams still go for the play in here's your answer, because we've got two, two teams 2 play in teams in position to advance. Um, and yeah, there's circumstances. Yeah. There's injuries, but that's the NBA. That's why you get into the playoffs
1: more hoop collective podcast after this
0: if only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast the truth is all the lift big get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting and starting is what matters most it's everything wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be peloton encourages you to just start with thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can even if that's just a 10 minute low impact class they have those too and when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com bike slash rentals. Terms apply. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, Catch the Clutch Hits, Strikeouts, Grand Salamis, Web Gems with nothing on your roof. So, Bobby, the reason I wanted you to come on here today was because there's there's been this sort of cloud on the horizon for the Bucks throughout the whole season, and they've been so good. They've been, you know, the best team since January first or whatever. They've been so impressive. They were my, you know, I didn't make a pick, but I felt like they had a, they were the, my favorites to win the championship. They still can win it, um, but there's been this thing that's been out there with this coming off season. And they've got all of a sudden, and this happens with any team that, can, that competes for a long period of time. I wondered, without burying the Bucs, you know, they still have two of the three at home, still have a great team, we'll see about Giannis. At some point, the Bucs season is going to be over and they're going to have this. And so now I think we need to discuss what exactly is on the table as the Bucks face elimination here uh, for what they've got this offseason.
2: Well, there's a lot. I mean, you've got a you've got a change in ownership, right? That's one of the things. So you went from Mark Lazary, who sold his percent, to Jimmy Haslam, who's the owner of of the of the Browns. Um, for me, I think this for the state of the roster is, is that how much does ownership want to continue to spend keeping the, the 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 starting five intact, right? Like that's the big thing. So what does that mean? Well, Brooke Lopez is a free agent, okay? Coming off, he's gonna see his name on one of these all defensive teams, having a career year. Th- turn 35 in April. He's extension eligible. You can go up to three for 54 by June 30th. Can't do four because you do over 38 rule. Um, Chris Middleton player option, but he this can, he'd become a free agent. He can become a free. Yeah. Brooke will become a free agent. And you can resign him there. The biggest thing for me is what what happens with Chris Middleton. Okay. he has got a 40 and $40 million, um, player option here. Um, coming off an injury plague season. I mean, the last year and a half, I mean, he's basically has had more injuries than his first like six or seven years in Milwaukee. Um, He's hit a point where he's regressed um, from offensively shooting the ball here. Um, Does he opt in and do you look to extend him? for me? I think if you're Milwaukee, I, you know, you're looking to probably have him decline that option and maybe sign him to a lower number. I mean, would he come back at $30 per year with length? Um, And then, Brian, there's the big question come September. Giannis, that's the big question. Extension eligible again, right? Doesn't it feel like he just signed that Supermax Supermax contract? He's extension eligible. Um, He can sign um, an additional three years um, to his his deal here. Um, There's a lot of questions. Um, They're right near the luxury tax. They're about $5 million below. That doesn't include Lopez. They are a repeater tax team, meaning that they're in four out of five. They'll be in four or five years. Significant cost. They don't have a draft pick. The Jay Crowder trade has not turned out for them. I mean, he got a DMP last night. I didn't see him out there. Um, And so you're limited. You've got eight or nine free agents. So you're limited as far as your other guys. But for me, it starts with Lopez. It's Middleton. And then, of course, Giannis in, in September.
0: So Giannis has two years left on his contract. I don't want to create a, um, any sort of false narrative here or anything, but if Giannis has an extension situation that comes up and he doesn't sign it, it's, it's a worry. And if he doesn't sign it, what does that mean? What do you do? Um, and if you're not able to retain both Middleton and Lopez, or if you're not able to sign and trade one of them and your team might take a step back and then he doesn't extend, what do you do? And I'm going to throw one more on there, Bobby. I believe Drew Holiday is extension eligible.
2: Not until February. So okay. he's got a little bit, there's a little bit of a buffer here because he did that, uh, his other extension in April of 2021, I believe. So there's a little more of it, but it is during the year. Like there'll be a yeah. point in, in, not in the off season, but come February um, where they're going to, there's going to be a decision there too.
0: Yeah. And I, I think you ask yourself Spears, you know, why did Mark Lazary sell now? This is a team. Mark Lazary was the uh, governor of the team. Um, only owned about 25%, 28%, something like that. Um, but he was the governor of the team, controlling governor. Um, and the team has it has a championship, has Giannis under contract. They're playing great, you know, real good chance to win the title this year. Why does Mark Lazarus sell? Um you know, well, you know I-
1: go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
0: Well, first off, he got $3.5 billion valuation. He didn't get $3.5 billion. He got Uh, you know, whatever quarter of that. But the point is they bought the team for I think 700 million and he sold the team for 3.5 or actually I think it was maybe 3.2, but he got like, you know, in in a decade he increased the value, you know, he increased his money like four and a half times. Okay. That's number one. Number two, because he saw everything that Bobby just said here, he saw. And getting that price with this, you know, sort of this freight train coming at him because the real challenge here, Spears, is regardless of what happens in Game Five, the Bucks are going to have to refresh the roster. Giannis is in his mid twenties, Holiday is in his thirties, Milton is in his thirties, Lopez is in his thirties. They're going to have to refresh the roster around Giannis, and they don't have the draft picks to do it. They don't have the money to do it, and the new rules make it even harder. So, um, I don't want to overreact here, but I, th- I don't think it's responsible to not no, point this out is,
1: this is this is alert time. Yeah. Hit the alarm. <laughs> and I'm I'm kicking myself for a couple things. You'll you'll laugh at this. Like I Lazary's a great guy. I'm sad to see him go. And I was like, yeah, I mean, at some point during the playoffs, I really want to sit down and talk to you about you moving on. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think I need to make that call or get that lunch in the first round. Right. Yeah, and, I'm sure he didn't either. Yeah. And and I've yeah. worked on this this story about Giannis and his brother, and the charity that they're doing in their father's name, right? And I I go into the locker room yesterday, and uh, uh, I see Thanasis, and I'm like, dude, do I have to run this story in the first round? (laughs) Like, I thought this could be like a finals preview thing for me or something like that, bit of a Eastern Conference, right? It's running tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, that story running on Wednesday now. Like I I can't sit on it anymore uh, because 3-1. Like, could this be the greatest upset in playoff history?
2: I don't know, Bobby, uh, because where where was the heat? I mean, that Dallas team losing that year to Golden State was a tough one, right? And they were healthy. See, see, honestly. But where were were the heat in this
1: play-in thing? Like, where were they? Trying to remember.
0: They were the eighth, they
2: were seven.
1: He, mine was was set. Yeah.
2: Atlanta was the eight.
1: Right. Okay. So they are not your typical eight C they're probably a better.
2: My Miami Miami is they are the perfect playoff team. They are not an 82 game team, right? How that Ross, like basically you, you basically you're hoping to get 60 games out of Jimmy, 65 games. You're hoping to get 50 games out of Kyle. You're, you're managing like, like they are the perfect in a 50 game season. I would take that team any day of the week in the playoffs. If they just get in, I'm taking them. And, and then you got the, the hero injury too, but yeah. man, I did not expect. I mean, as I said, like I wrote their offseason article two weeks ago, it's been sitting, it's going to need a rewrite. The introductory um, is brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. And I'm going to have to, you know, there's going to be a rewrite on that here. Be, even if they lose just based on kind of how, you know, how this series has gone.
1: Yeah, and is, thing, is Milwaukee is is Giannis attractive enough to get people to come to Milwaukee? No, like they got to do everything trade or draft, so. right? Yes. I mean, although you know Chris probably stays if they want to take care of him, and
0: yeah, I think oh yeah, there's a window to do that. The question yeah. is, as Bobby just like, said, with new ownership and with the repeater tax and all the new rules, is about whether they're going to spend it. Yeah. Um, You know, the thing about Miami Like, you know, here's the thing Pat Riley does not believe in uh, A full rebuild He doesn't believe in, like, tearing down Um, He believes I know one of his uh, former players told this to me Um, He said Pat believes in ABC Always be competing And he thinks that you draw people By showing that you can compete Even when you're not holding the best hand So, like, the year that they got Bosch and, and LeBron they made the playoffs that year. They were in a full cap space saving mode. In fact, midway through that year, I think Wade and Riley like had cross words with each other through the media because uh, Wade wanted help right there, and Riley's like, "No, we're gonna wait." And I think they get like the sixth seed, and like we're very competitive and lost in the first round. I think to Atlanta, um, something like that. And, um, and here we are again. Like I think the Heat are on the cusp of looking for another. Star Maneuver. I would put them on the list for Dame Lillard if Dame ends up getting traded. If he goes to market, I think the Heat are on that list. Um, I don't know if they have enough. You know, a lot of their offer would be built around Tyler Hero, who's just injured. But um, I suspect, I don't know for sure, just to be clear, I don't know for sure that they would offer him. But it would I would suspect that that would be the type of thing, that in draft picks. Um but part of the way you attract guys who want to play there is to always be competing and you know uh in 2020 they were in the finals I don't remember what well they did being in
1: Miami doesn't hurt either
0: it, well exactly that's what I'm saying they can get people, you know, <laughs> like, that
1: part yeah. trust me yeah <laughs> got hey I got off the plane on uh Sunday night and I'm like, oh this is nice I haven't felt 80 <laughs> degree heat in a long time this is all right
0: yeah well, it's pretty. Are impressive in phoenix right now um late spring in uh well i guess mid spring in phoenix it's nice um yeah wait wait,
1: wait a month in in phoenix
0: no i know trust me you have to tell me i'm well aware um so like a lot of stakes in that in that buck situation now pelton Kevin Pelton, you uh, know, there's been this number flying around for the last couple of days as all these series have gone through four games that if you're up 3-1, it's 95% historically to win. Pelton points out that if you're the, the higher-seeded team, you're down 3-1, meaning you've got game five at home and game seven possibly at home, you have a little bit better chance. I think his numbers show that you have a 11% chance to happen a little bit more. So it is, But it is worth pointing out that Milwaukee – they only they're only down one break, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to uh, come back um, and uh, and take Game Six. Of course, they got to win Game Five. They only one game. And but can Jimmy not, uh,
1: now continue to do this on one day's rest?
0: Well, the same goes for those guys. I mean, yeah, the, you know, but you know, Laura. Um, but I do think they as as
1: have well. more. If, assuming Giannis is all right, they have more weapons. You know what I mean? They got more. They're a better team. Bam has a, I mean, Bam, you know, but Bam steps up too. which he didn't have well, a Bam's got a
0: mild, game. he's got a, was it an ankle injury? He's yeah. listed as probable, but he's, he's a hamstring. He's, he's banged up somewhere. I don't remember off yeah. top of my head.
1: And I can see it, you know, but then like Jimmy's got to carry that load for them to get past this.
0: Um, okay. Spears, uh, you've been at this uh, Warriors um, Kings series. It's been incredible. The rating came out for the game on sunday it was the highest rated most watched nba playoff uh, uh in this round um since uh 2000, uh t- 2001 i think
1: mm-hmm. more hoop collective podcast after this
0: for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. The NFL schedule drops this week. Anyway, it's a it's a it's the it's the best rating since the Shaq Kobe Lakers in this round. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people are very interested in it. Um, Seven
1: point five million viewers, peaking I at ten point four million at six PM Eastern.
0: And what was it the, the the highest rating in this round since when?
1: Kobe Shaq versus Blazers in two thousand two. Yeah, twenty one years.
0: So. um Spears, what's your viewpoint of where things are at? I saw some video today of the reporters who were in Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox has got a splint on that broken in, uh, index tip, fingertip. He didn't look like he was shooting it real well, but the game wasn't today. The game is tomorrow. Yeah. So w- what's your feel?
1: You know, um, respectively to the great people, Kings PR, who do, have done an amazing job this year. It's a new group they've done an amazing job this year. That list of doubtful was laughable to me.
0: <laughs> right, like Well, that's I've the been, team setting it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that like Becky Shannon, Michael, y'all all done a great job. But doubtful uh eh, I, I just knew from talking to DeAaron Fox from the beginning of the season, man. Like he wants this so bad he 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 would damn near play on fire if he had to uh in a wheelchair if he had to like he wants this too bad, and so like I just it just never registered with me on this injury, not even talking to him, not seeing him that there was any chance that he wouldn't play now how he plays. I don't know, but like just the I just felt like no matter what, he's gonna give it a try. That's him. This ain't uh, you know, uh load management. I gotta be 110% kind of guy. He wants this so bad. He wants this upset so bad for himself, for Vivek, for the city of Sacramento, for the light to beam posse, whoever you wanna like love Sacramento, he wants this bad. And this is his moment. This is his time on on the and Avery, Avery too, Avery put doubtful too. Let me throw him in there. Um, he wants this stage. He wants this international stage. He wants people to know who he is. He hasn't had a chance to show. Brian, you've been talking about him too. He has. I've seen this greatness for him for years, but this is the first time the world is getting to see it. There's no way he's not going out there. Oh, okay. What is he going to be? Oh, what happens if he gets hit? I don't know. But De'Aaron Fox, I, I never once thought that he wasn't gonna play.
0: Bobby, his stats are wild in this series. 31.5 points, six rebounds, seven assists, 2.5 steals per game. Um, shooting 10 threes a game, hitting i you know, on 34. Is there anybody else
1: playing better in the playoffs right now?
0: Booker is I mean, I've been on this series. Yeah. Um, I you know I mean it, this series hasn't been as um has just not been as watched. Um Booker's averaging 35. two steals and almost two blocks and basically playing (laughs) playing point guard. And, you know, like his teammates, like he's never played better. And When I asked him, I go, have you ever played better? He's like, I've always been this good at defense. And I'm like, well, if you say so. Um, But Bobby, like, uh, you know, half a deer and Fox is better than none at all. But I I do wonder this series is so tight. It's so tight. Um, If he if he is diminished a little bit, I wonder if that's the decider. And I hate that that would be the decider.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting how much you know him out there. um, Is there the point like like I felt like in in the Laker Memphis game three that when um, the game they got blown out that job being out there kind of hurt them in the beginning just because he couldn't get a grip of the ball. Um, That's going to be something to watch in Sacramento as far as is he better off just having him out there? His impact, although but is he hurting you, right? Not defensively, but certainly on offense, but that's a hard call from Mike Brown. I think for me with with Sacramento is that like I don't buy into the notion that there's all this pressure on them going into game 5. I felt there's been pressure on them since game 1. Like I felt like game 1 and game 2 were must wins. Like like you are not losing a home game and then going have to go out and and steal a game in Golden State because yeah. that series was going to be over. So like I've always felt there was must, and I think they've played like it's a must win. And you're right. I mean, this series. I mean, it's an Andrew Wiggins three in the corner away from being different, and it's a Harrison Barnes three yeah. from being different. Right? Like, this really is a the must only...
1: win. This game, next game's a must oh, win for Sac too. Yeah.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, like so. Yeah. I mean, we we don't like the Darren Fox being injured is not how we want to see this series end here. But as Mark said, like basically. You, you're going to have to lock him in a vault for him not to be out there here, but that's, I mean, he's been their engine and he's made big shots. And that's always been the question, right? Put him in a playoff series. Can he make big shots? And he has, um, he's lived <laughs> yes. up to it,
1: lived up to all yes. billing, all billing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Good for him. I don't, I don't think the Kings just this can be clear here. I don't think the Kings can lose this series. I don't, I don't mean like that the warriors won't win. I mean, I don't see how the Kings, don't come out of this like up because of what this experience has been. They're I'll so tell you this: young.
2: they they're not gonna, they'll never be in a in a spot at least for now for the next few years where draft prospects don't want to go there and work out. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, listen, like it's it was like a doomsday organization. Nobody ever wanted to go there yeah. to work out and go through the draft and all that process. Like, like if I'm a, a free agent out there, and you know they're limited as far as what they have and money. Like those places, like wanna, I don't want I want to play in that building. With nineteen thousand people, yeah. and I want to play with Fox and Sabonis and in in that in that group there. So it's it's more of I think it's more of kind of a a destination than kind of like that. Um, dead end, dead end team. Well, they could they
0: could have cap space, right, Bobby? But yeah, they're, but they're, uh, they're yeah, under. They, they're going to
2: probably re-sign
0: Harrison Barnes.
2: Yeah, they, the only way they, I mean, they could have room to renegotiate a bonus if they wanted to, but that cost them probably Barnes and Lyles, whose Trey Lyles has been good. You know, he's I know. I, coming could, off the I heard bench, so.
1: Trey. I heard Trey loves it there and wants to yeah. be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, like this. This a is a...
1: You know, it's it's kind of like. Utah in a sense where, well, actually, no, it's not like Utah. This is the only thing they got there. And I think people are being reminded that. Like, this is, yeah, they got their soccer team. It's cute. Yeah, they got, <laughs> you know, minor league baseball and all that. But this is this is King's country. And I think, like, some of the players are realizing, like, Sabonis, I think he also has a home in the Napa area. Like, Bay Area is, like, less than a two-hour ride. Like, it's let's not, I'm not. I actually had to like uh, mess with Mike the other day because he was like hyping up Sacramento Mike Brown and I'm like, it's still Sacramento, Mike. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Kings fans might get bad for me saying that. This is a somebody from the Bay. No, comment, you're right? you're
0: you're you're bona fide for the Kings fans. They, yeah, they got like, your I'm back. good.
1: Like they they know it's not Camelot there, right? You know, but that environment, that love, the way they bleed purple there, now you see it. It's 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 back. And even like the Warriors had to ban the uh the cowbells from going in the chase, which I thought was funny. Like it's it's like Bobby said, it's a fun place to go. Mike is doing an amazing job. Vivek is, you know, finally getting some some positive just do, right? And uh I I, I could see guys wanting to be there. They play a fun brand of basketball. And one thing that Mike Brown does great is he's honest. Like there's no gray area. You know where you stand with that team. And like Bobby knows as a, you know, somebody's been in the front office for years, like honesty is so important with these guys. And I think that's it, it makes it uh you may not exactly like what the coach has to say, but you know where you stand. And I think Mike makes it a, a great place for those guys to play.
0: Yeah. Um, and we haven't even talked about the Warriors who the Warriors hit them with a bunch of swings the other night and connected on a lot, and still they were right there. So like, if nothing else happens, the Kings have earned everybody's respect. I know that's not what they want. <laughs> they want to go to the next round. Um, but the thing is, like, Memphis, I'm not ruling out Memphis because the Lakers are so inconsistent. But even if it is, even if Mem- Memphis looks terrible right now to me, And so like, not terrible, but they're they're just, they're not themselves at all. And obviously Jaw is hurt, but they're just not playing the way they've played all year. And some of the decisions that are being made are just wild. And if I was a Grizzlies fan, I would be banging my head against the wall, watching that game for so many different things that they, you know, they couldn't, could not hit a shot. They traded for Luke Kennard midseason. He's sitting over there. They won't put him in the game. Ja just would rather try to climb LeBron than throw a pass. It is <laughs> is just just wild. Um, but you know, if you're the if you're the Warriors, you're looking at it. Um, if they get through, if they get two more wins here, there's a decent chance they're gonna have home court. And I know that, that series potentially that against crazy? the Lakers is they're gonna get
1: it back. These playoffs are nuts, man. These yeah, they're nuts.
0: I mean, I wouldn't. The, I, Nick, I mean, the I don't Knicks think... or
1: the Cavaliers going to have a home court right <laughs> in the next round, possibly. The,
0: the The Garden is crazy right now, and they may be hosting Round Two, Game One in a few days. Um, Bobby, I don't oh, know, know what Knicks you to
1: be in the East Finals. Ain't that something?
0: Well, I'm not giving anybody anything. They they still got to win. I said
1: could, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, could. Yeah. Bobby, when you look at the Grizzlies, um, hmm. what do you think they do? And What do you think they do with Dylan Brooks?
2: Well, I wrote them last night. I stayed up and, and wrote it, and um, that's the million-dollar question. 13 players under contract. Him and Xavier Tillman are the only free agents. Uh, Tillman's got a, a team option in his contract here. Um, probably one of the more polarizing negotiations or free agencies that we will have, will see in a long time with, um, with, uh, with Dylan Brooks. I mean, we all know that they made it, um, an effort at the deadline to try to upgrade the small forward position. They've got all their draft picks. They've got a golden state pick. Um, they've got a boatload of guys in that, um, you know, that two to $15 million range of tradable contracts here what is the market for Dylan Brooks outside of, of of uh, Memphis? Like that's my, that's, that's the million dollar question, right? What is I the think, market? P- I for? think they like the player, but the, the
0: character, I'm not sure that there's much desire for that.
2: Well, no. And I, and I, I said like, um, like, my, I, don't, I don't want to give away the article, but I said like, Hey, any team would want Bane draw jaw, Jaron Jackson, three players on, an, and there'd be a line of te- teams out there wanting those two guys. However, At the end of the day, like talent can get you only so far, right? Like maturity, discipline, like all that other stuff that comes with it overshadows what these guys have been able to distractions have been able to do here. And it's an an offense that, I mean, the offense ranked in the bottom 15 of offensive efficiency, 21st and three-point shooting. That's why you said they went out and got Luke Kennard and he's glued to the bench here. And I I mean, for me with Dylan Brooks, like I – I mean, there's probably a walkaway number. And I think for Memphis, it's, what is it? 14, $15 million. Is that a walkaway number? Because you've got Desmond Bain, who's extension eligible this off season.
0: Yeah, he's going to so get the,
2: So the costs are, so when you look at Memphis, so we got to look at Jahit and All-MBA, right? So that takes $7 million, another $7 million. Never paid to tax in history with, uh, with Robert Parr. Um, no, they like, did.
0: They did pay it once. Didn't I mean, it under, once?
2: under him, under him, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's like, so for me, there's a walkaway number for, for, I mean, I think there's a number in my mind. It's probably 13, 14 million. He probably wouldn't take that because it's a little bit North of the mid uh, non-tax mid level. But as I said, like who's, what's the market? Is it here? Does Houston take a swing? Is it Detroit? Is it, um, you know some of the Indiana, San Antonio, these other teams that have cap space. I don't I don't know that right now. I did do a piece on Robert Perez wealth last year because I don't think people will know much about him.
0: He's worth more than fourteen billion dollars. Now, just because he's worth it. when he bought the team, he barely was able to put the the deal together, but his business has taken off since then. Um, he, he is wealthy enough if he chooses to pay the tax. He is one of the five richest owners in the NBA, give or take, you know. Um, So but that said, you don't want to assume that, you know, he doesn't speak publicly, hasn't spoke publicly in years. So I don't know what his intentions are. Um, But. um,
1: I was at a wedding with him.
0: Is that right? In the Bay? Yeah, he's he's from the Bay Area, right? One of
1: my old San Jose State teammates, Terry Cannon, got got married and, and he used to work for Robert and Robert came to the wedding and I got to spend like an hour talking to him and I haven't talked to him ever since.
0: Um, He owns like nice super guy. Pre- he he own he's a really good basketball player. I mean amongst owners I think he's might be the
1: I, mean, is that saying a lot? I don't uh, think Stan Kroenke's out there shooting threes you know what I mean like well I Steve think Jordan.
0: W- yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I just Steve know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm sure. just—it's a rough pill to swallow. I mean, I mean I'm my, here. My, That
1: guy in Charlotte's pretty good.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm here, and you know, I'm here with the Clippers. And the Clippers payroll this year, including tax, was three hundred thirty million dollars. You know. No, um, oh, well,
1: me us comparing that to Balmer. that's like us him taking uh, us taking twenty bucks out of our wallet.
0: Balmer. I, I I always say this. Balmer makes almost nine. I'm sorry if you guys hear me say this again. but I just want to remind you, Ballmer makes nine hundred million dollars a year just in Microsoft dividends. not like eight hundred. You know, depending on the you know where the dividend is, it's like nine hundred million. Balmer so.
1: also got his players crab legs in
0: the preseason. <laughs> we're, we're going to Bobby, Admit. Marks, he went. To- <laughs> Mark went on this jag last week because he's still affected by the by the post game crab legs when they were in Seattle in the
1: preseason. Preseason Bobby, (laughs) Nets never got that you know There's we no.
2: you know it's fun, A quick funny story when we we went through a phase in new this was new jersey this is when cliff rest god rest and soul, cliff robinson was on a rise we used to we used to get our meals on our on our plane catered by like ruth chris and more ends and like we went through a real phase of just blowing the budget through the roof this and, is
0: on the mikhail Prokhorov
2: dime, or this no, is no this is pre you know, this, this is bruce ratner. this is bruce ratner before the market crash and uh okay. So we would get like all these PF chain, all these restaurants and the New York times did an a piece on it. And I remember, I remember Cliff saying like, yeah, it's good, but like, well, you know, we don't need this stuff. Like, you know, (laughs) it's, it's undercooked and it's all, that. it's like, Oh my God, Cliff, you're not helping me, man. You're not helping me.
0: (laughs) Cliffy sometimes had the munchies. Is that what you're, um, (laughs) uh, I do remember juniors. He wanted you to get juniors. <laughs> My <laughs> Fries set- and
1: hamburgers from juniors.
0: Right after Dan Gilbert bought the Cavs in 2005, he upgraded everything, and I was covering the team, and the team was in a free fall. They had been like in first place, and they were free falling out of the playoffs, and they had had this terrible loss. Um, I can't remember where it was, but they had this terrible loss, and Brendan Malone was the coach. Paul Siles had been fired. Brendan Malone was the coach. And on TV it had shown that several players at the end of the bench were laughing the night before Um, and people in Cleveland were upset because they were in this free fall. They were getting a bad loss and the players were laughing. I mean, who knows what it was over. So the next day at practice, I remember the practice was in Philadelphia and I asked Brendan, I go, Hey, the cameras caught some guys on the end of the bench laughing that, you know, when you guys lost last night, you know um, you know, do you have anything to say about that? And Brendan, Michael Malone's father, long time assistant one titles with Chuck Daly when he was with the Pistons. And he had a very, he has a very dry sort of wit and sense of humor. And he goes, I don't know. Maybe they heard beer getting crab legs on the plane. <laughs> 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 uh, because apparently they did. So there you go. Sparies. It's been going on for a long time. Um, I don't know what the Grizzlies got on their plane ride home today uh, from to Memphis, but uh, you know, it's, there's gonna be there's gonna be a this is one of the things I've been talking about all year is that there's so many teams are so heavily invested in this season. there's gonna be fallout for some of these teams. There's not enough success available. Milwaukee is one of them we we're just talking about. Clippers. I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know what's gonna happen with Memphis. I don't know what's gonna happen when you know, assuming Boston gets one more win when somebody's gonna lose Philly Boston, I don't know what's gonna happen there um and we're starting to see that those um those things are coming in and as bobby's you know end of season summer stories are like coming in you're starting to see some of the some of the the stress that's coming you know so um
1: and they're sensational bobby great work brother
0: oh thank you yeah i sometimes get to see a, a advanced preview of them so yes um, i have um
2: i have the uh the the three four we yeah, four. How many elimination games we got Wednesday? Oh no, Golden State's not elimination. If we got three. I'll, they'll be coming to you guys soon. The Grim yeah. Reaper stories.
1: Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, pro- I, the, the I, funny thing this, is, you, you guys, as, as you guys know, real you. quick,
2: when you when you write these articles, then you kind of have like this quiet interest in like, hmm, I don't want an extended series, right? Like you don't <laughs> want teams all of a sudden coming back just for your own personal. You know I don't want another four hours writing. The Lakers. We all, you know? we all have our own personal things. I'll
0: be honest. I've got two flights booked for the morning. One's to Los Angeles because you know, that's where game six would be. And one is home. And I know which one I would prefer to be on. No offense to anybody here as I'm in the Clippers uh, interview room. All right. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Spears, as always, for your time. Thanks to Jackson, our producer, for putting it together. We'll see what happens tonight, and we will see what happens tomorrow. We'll talk to you later this week.